0: know place where we can go to lay the troubles down eating your soul. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs. Now, your host, Eric Cartier, Senior Pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary Church. Like a tide, it is rising up.
1: Welcome to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. Thanks so much for joining me. Hope that you're doing well. Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully you're not caught in traffic too much. Just want to remind you, Crosswalk Colorado Springs is Monday through Wednesday from 5 to 6 right here on 100.7 The Word. I'm Pastor Eric from Rocky Mountain Calvary. You can also hear my teaching on 100.7 at 2.30 Monday through Friday. Have the joy of living right here in the city and pastoring at Rocky Mountain Calvary. Colorado Springs has been my home now for over uh, 20 years, and I've had the joy of hosting Crosswalk now for just a little bit over a year. Today, I want to talk about something that comes up in our lives as believers, but we don't talk a lot about it in the Christian community, and I think because there's a lot of guilt and shame with it, but it's the issue of doubt. Uh, I know in my life, I wish that there wasn't doubt, but there has been periods of time of doubt uh, in my relationship uh, with the Lord. I recently taught about John the Baptist and the Gospel of Luke. We're going through the Gospel of Luke at RMC, and it really stood out to me that John the Baptist uh, had doubt, and it's pretty mind-blowing. I want to share that uh, with you uh, this afternoon. And the first thing to note about doubt is that doubt is real. We see a lot of greats uh, in the scripture uh, wrestling with doubt. John the Baptist is uh, one of those, but he's not alone. Also, there's Thomas. Uh, Thomas was one of the disciples of Jesus, and he doubted the resurrection of Christ. Here, his closest friends were telling him that Christ had risen from the dead, but he didn't believe it. He said, I have to be willing to see the thorns, or excuse me, the nails in his hands. And he had to see the scars before he would trust that Christ had risen from the dead. Jesus was gracious to meet with him in the midst of that and came to him and revealed himself uh, to Thomas and said, I want you to put your hands into my wounds. And then Thomas believed. But also we see Elijah. Elijah is this amazing prophet in the Old Testament, and he wrestled with doubt uh, as well. He stood up to The prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, which is just an amazing section of scripture. It was really the worship challenge, the altar uh, challenge. He built an altar to the one true God of Israel. The prophets of Baal built their altar to their false gods. And Elijah said, we're going to know the one true uh, living God by whoever God answers prayer and sends down fire from heaven. The prophets of Baal go first, no response. Elijah, he cries out to God. God sends down fire from heaven and consumes the altar. He even wetted the the altar down with uh, water. But the next thing that we find in Elijah's life is he gets a message from Jezebel. Jezebel sends him a text, if you would, and he gets afraid and he runs for his life. And he asks God to take his life from him. And God meets him out in the wilderness with a still small voice and comforts his heart. But Elijah faced doubt in his calling, faced doubt in even his desire uh, to live. Jeremiah had intense doubts. Uh, The book of Lamentations records that uh, for us. In Lamentations, he's really seeing God as an adversary towards him, even a predator towards him. He describes that in Lamentations 3. But as he's wrestling with his doubts, he met with the Lord. And and what stood out to me with John the Baptist and his doubt is he went to prison. And I don't think he was really expecting to go to prison. Here he was the forerunner of Christ. He was the one that was paving the way uh, for the ministry of Jesus Christ. And amazing things are happened. He even baptized Christ. When he baptized Jesus, we see the father speaking audibly from heaven, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. We see the spirit descending upon Jesus as a dove. He knew that Jesus was the Messiah, but now he's in prison. The reason that he went to prison was he called Herod out on his sin. Herod didn't like it and threw him into prison. We pick up the story in Luke 7 verse 19. And the disciples of John reported to him concerning all these things, and John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to Jesus. Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Think about this for just a moment. Here, John the Baptist is in prison, and he begins to doubt, is Jesus the Messiah? Even though he's experienced all these amazing things in the life of Christ, But in this moment of being in prison, he starts to wrestle with what he knew about uh, Jesus. And this is true in our lives as well. Sometimes when we're in prison, we're going to wrestle with doubt in a really unique way. But what I want to encourage you with as you're listening right now is just first to pause in your car as you're listening to this podcast or you're home from work getting some dinner together. And just realize that some of the greats in scripture wrestled with doubt uh, as well. It can be really hard for us to acknowledge the doubts that we go through in our relationship with the Lord, but you're not alone. John the Baptist had doubts as he was in prison, Thomas, the disciple of Jesus, had doubts uh, as well. Elijah had doubts, Jeremiah had doubts. We see Job wrestling with doubt as he went through a suffering in his life as well. I think most believers. As they go through their relationship with the Lord, they're going to have those times in their lives where they wrestle uh, with doubt. I remember a really specific time in my relationship uh, with the Lord. We had gone through two miscarriages, my wife Amber and I. We have our two older daughters and we thought, man, we've got this down. We kind of know how this works with having kids and the Lord had blessed us with two healthy kids. But then all of a sudden, the system didn't work like it had, and we experienced two miscarriages, and then we didn't get pregnant for a while. And I remember after the first miscarriage, having to get ready to teach a men's retreat. And it was a busy weekend for me. I was going to teach the men's retreat on a Friday night. Then I was going to teach Saturday at RMC and Sunday morning. And I was so heartbroken, I couldn't even get a message together. And that was really humbling for me, because this is what I do all the time, is, is get messages together and I I couldn't even operate in my giftedness in my area of uh, strength. And it was late at night and I was laying in bed reading. Amber was next to me and the pain was just overwhelming to me. And I found myself getting on my knees and just crying out to God right there in my bedroom and saying, God, I'm disappointed. This is not the way that I wish things would work out. I'll never forget that ultrasound as we were having the ultrasound and all of a sudden there was no heartbeat and it became very real that we had lost our child there in Amber's uh, womb. I remember when I first came to know Christ as my savior, I remember seeing uh, a book title that says uh, when God disappoints you. And I remember thinking, how can God disappoint you? He died for our sins and he's forgiven us of all of our our sin. There's no way we could ever be disappointed with God, but now years later here I found myself disappointed through this miscarriage. And I think that most of you can uh, relate. And, and when we're going through those big losses in life, as, as doubt comes in, first understand that doubt is real. Stay with me on today's program because we're going to move from here. Yes, doubt is real, but what do we do uh, with our doubts? Because we don't want to stay in this uh, place uh, of doubt. So we're going to be looking at how doubt needs to be shared also how doubt changes our perspective, and then doubt needs to be confronted. So I hope this journey on today's show will encourage you in this area of doubt that you'll find yourself uh, being comforted. Remember, this is Crosswalk Colorado Springs, Monday through Friday. You can also find it on our podcast. Just stream Crosswalk Colorado Springs anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Music, and you'll find us uh, there We're talking about doubt, wrestling through doubts on today's program. Stay with me. We'll be right back after the break. Thanks so much for listening to 100.7 The Word. Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. Thanks so much for listening. I hope that you're doing well. I hope this program's a blessing for you and just encourages you. We have several different uh, formats on Crosswalk Colorado Springs. One is local show. I live right here in Colorado Springs. Love focusing on Southern Colorado. A lot of times we'll have guests, but also uh, we will open up the airwaves for you to be able to ask questions and prayer requests. So make sure to be thinking about prayer requests and questions, because I love answering questions and getting into God's Word uh, together. Today, I'm looking at this issue of doubt. Uh, It happens in our lives, in our relationship with the Lord, unfortunately, but it's not talked about very much. I think a lot of times uh, we feel a lot of guilt and shame when it comes to this area of uh, doubt. I recently taught about John the Baptist and him wrestling with doubt, and it really really taught me a lot in this area of doubt. I wanted to share some of these things uh, with you. First, we understand that doubt is real. John the Baptist wrestled with doubt, but also doubt needs to be shared. In this story with uh, John the Baptist as he's sending in prison, sitting in prison, is he had two of his messengers go to Jesus and ask him if he's the one or should we look for another. That took a lot of courage from John the Baptist to share his doubt. I think a lot of times we just hold on to our doubt and we don't share it uh, with the Lord or we share it with one another. And I think there's a place for sharing our doubts with uh, one another, but it's even more important to share those doubts with the Lord. But for me, it's always been hard to come before the Lord and be honest with those those doubts. I know he loves me. I know he already knows those doubts, but it's just such a difficult conversation for me to have, but yet I feel better. Before the break, I was talking about a miscarriage that Amber and I had and, and how hard it was to just open up my heart before the Lord and to ask uh, for uh, his comfort and to let him know I, I was disappointed that this didn't go the way that I thought that it would. I remember years ago um, with my dad, <clears throat> I'm really close uh, with my dad, And we were pregnant with Hannah, our oldest, and just had found out that Amber was pregnant. We also found out that my dad was diagnosed with severe prostate cancer. It had already spread outside of his prostate and was in his lymph nodes. And the doctors just gave him a few months uh, to live. And I was feeling it in my heart and my life. And I was here at Rocky Mountain Calvary as the youth pastor at the time. And I was walking over to the bank and I just began to share with the Lord and open up my doubts uh, to the Lord. And God met me and he spoke to me and said, Eric, I love your dad more than you do, and I'll do what's best for him. And that really gave me a ton of comfort. And my dad ended up uh, getting through his battle with cancer and he's cancer free. And that was 20 years ago. And we're very thankful for the time that the Lord has given to him. But the comfort often comes in our lives as we share our doubt uh, with the Lord. I like to call this the glorious exchange. We we give our heartbreak, we give our doubt to the Lord, and he gives us his comfort. And the Bible is just filled with a lot of examples of this glorious exchange. Habakkuk is this prophet in the Old Testament. He's one of the minor prophets. And the book of Habakkuk starts out with him just crying out to the Lord. This is Habakkuk 1 verse 2. It says, O Lord, how long shall I cry? And you will not hear even cry out to you violence, and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contentions arise. Therefore, the law is powerless and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, perverse justment, just this judgment proceeds. Therefore, perverse judgment proceeds. You ever feel that way? There's so much violence. Where's the the justice? And Habakkuk's really wrestling with this in in Israel. God gives him a surprising answer and says, I'm going to deal with the wickedness of Israel through a pagan nation. A pagan nation's going to come and defeat you. And now Habakkuk is really struggling. But in Habakkuk's wisdom in chapter 2, as he decides to go to a private place, a, a tower, and set himself apart to hear God's voice. This is Habakkuk 2 verse 1. It says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. And when I'm corrected, I will answer. So he has the wisdom to say, I'm doubting and I'm wrestling. I'm going to go to this private place with the Lord. I'm not moving till the Lord speaks to me. And as we think about doubts being real and then sharing our doubts, take that time to go be with the Lord and wrestle over your doubts because God will oftentimes answer in Habakkuk two. We see God's answer is the just shall live by faith. What's so amazing is that truth, that phrase is used to write three books in the new Testament, Galatians, Romans, And the book of Hebrews are all themed off of the just shall live by faith. What's God saying to Habakkuk is, You've got to trust me. I know, Habakkuk, you don't understand my ways. You don't understand what I'm doing, but trust me. And check out how Habakkuk ends the book. He says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut out from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. He will make me walk on my high hills. So this glorious exchange happened for Habakkuk when he humbled himself and he came to the Lord and he comes to this conclusion, God, I can trust you. And even if there is just no fruit, if I don't see any fruit on the vine, Lord, I know that you are faithful and that you're the one that I'm going to worship and I'm going to adore. Another place where we see this uh, glorious exchange is in Lamentations with Jeremiah. I mentioned him a minute ago, but with Jeremiah, he's in this place of really doubting. Here he is, the prophet of Israel. Nobody's responding to his message. And as he's wrestling he remembers God's faithfulness. And in Lamentations chapter three, it's such a a powerful description of this glorious exchange that takes place when we pour out our hearts uh, before the Lord. So this is Lamentations verse 19. He says, Remember my affliction and my roaming, the wormwood and the gall. My soul still remembers and sinks within me. This I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I hope in him. So here are Lamentations. Jeremiah is pouring out his heart before the Lord, and he remembers God's faithfulness. He remembers God's mercy, that God has mercy that's new every morning. If it wasn't for God's mercy, that he would be totally consumed. But how did he get to this place? He got to this place by sharing his doubt before the Lord. So this is my encouragement that I'd give to you. As you're driving down the road, listening to this at home, listening to the podcast, first is doubt is real. And the second thing is doubt needs to be shared. Share it with the Lord. What is it that you're wrestling with? What is it that you've gone through in your life that has caused doubt? is share it with the Lord. Just have that open and honest conversation with the Lord. He already knows. He's a loving Father. I think of myself and my relationship uh, with my kids as I love for them to come to me honestly. And God wants us to come before Him honestly, to just be broken uh, before Him. You're listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier. Thank you so much uh, for joining me. We're Monday through Wednesday from 5 to 6. So please tune in. Also, you can be part of the program. Many times I'll take questions and prayer requests, so please prepare your questions and your prayer requests. We also have guests that come on to the show. Today, we're looking at the topic of doubt. So far, we've covered that doubt is real and doubt needs to be shared. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about how doubt changes our uh, perspective. So, don't go away. You're listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word.
0: This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word.
1: Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier. Hope that you're doing well and just enjoying your day here in Southern Colorado. Thanks for listening to 100.7, The Word. We pray that this shows a blessing to you. I'm a local pastor here in Colorado Springs at Austin Bluffs at Academy, Rocky Mountain Calvary. If you're looking for a home church, we'd love to have you join us. We're currently going through the Gospel of Luke. We're studying it verse by verse and chapter by chapter. Also, we have a campus out in Ellicott. I recently taught about John the Baptist, and he's just an amazing character, this amazing, powerful man of God. Here he's out in the wilderness eating grasshoppers, dipped in honey, wearing camel's hair with a message of repentance. And all of Israel is responding and preparing their hearts for the Messiah. His life began with this amazing Supernatural touch of God upon his mom Elizabeth for her to get pregnant. She was barren in an old age and wasn't able to have kids, and yet God blessed them with John the Baptist. Bible tells us he was filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb when he came into presence with Jesus in the womb. Jesus is in the womb. John the Baptist is in the womb. The Bible tells us that John leapt for joy in the womb, recognizing the presence of the Messiah. But he comes to this really tough place in his life and he gets arrested. He confronted Herod on his sin and he must have been thinking, well, Jesus, you're the Messiah. Why am I in prison? And when are you going to make this right? When are you going to put Herod in his place? When are you going to put the Roman Empire in his place? And these unmet expectations by Jesus caused him to doubt and he he sends this messenger to Jesus to say, are you the one or should we look for another? And we learn a lot about doubt through this encounter. And first doubts are real. We're going to have doubts and doubts need to be shared, but also doubts change our perspective. If you were going to ask John about who Jesus was prior to being in prison, he was solid. I mean, he, he had it down. Jesus is the Messiah. He was pointing people to the Messiah that Jesus must increase and I must decrease. But now as he's in this place of pain and difficulty, his perspective is changed and he's starting to doubt and wonder who Jesus is. And I found that in my life as well. There's things that God has shown me in the light that I start to doubt in the darkness. I wanna encourage you, don't doubt what God's shown you in the light when you're in the dark, when you're in the time of prison. Because we're not seeing things accurately, this has really been an anchor for me. It's been an anchor for my soul in times of difficulty and trial. is Romans chapter eight. I know that God's good because He gave his Son for me to die on the cross. This is Romans eight verse twenty eight says, "And we know that all things work together for good, to those who love God, to those who are all the called according to His purpose, for whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among the brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, he also justified. Whom he justified, these he also glorified. Now now here it is. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own Son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us good things? So this is the anchor, specifically verse 32 of Romans, that if God gave his son for me, how will he not with him freely give me all good things? Because when I'm in trial, it may not feel like God is good. If you're really going through a difficult time this afternoon, you've the loss of a loved one, you've lost your job, you've lost your health, you're in chronic pain. All of a sudden, we don't see God accurately. And so we have to go back to the cross and hold on what we do know. When we're confronted with what we don't know, we need to hold on to what we do know, and that's God is good, and he's displayed it on the cross. And this is why communion is so important. Communion's important for a variety of reasons, but communion reminds us of the goodness of God that God gave his son for me, that he gave his son for me specifically, that he loves me, and how will he not with him freely give us all good things? If I can trust God with my salvation, I can also trust him with the trials that I'm going through. Now, for me, in this process of, of trusting the Lord, it's important for me to understand that doubt's going to change my perspective and that I need to realign my perspective with the word of God. I need to realign my perspective with the cross of Jesus Christ. I know that God loves me because God gave his son for me. I oftentimes think about it this way. If, if you were thinking about a parent who bought a teenage driver, let's just say a 16-year-old a brand new vehicle, which I don't know why a parent would do that because teens are normally going to be a little hard on uh, their vehicles and get in some fender benders. But let's just say for sake of an example, this parent decides to to get their their child a brand new uh, vehicle and they get home and they present this vehicle to their, their kid as their kid gets their license and insurance is paid for and the car is paid for and and the 16-year-old's like, you know, I don't have any gas money. Well, would, would you give me some gas? the parent's going to say, look, I bought the car for you. I did the car insurance. Of course, I'll, I'll get you this first uh, tank of gas. And we think about all that God has provided for us. He's given his son for us to where we could be the sons and daughters of God. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. All of our sins are forgiven. We have eternal life. We know that we're going home uh, to be with the Lord. So we hold on to the blood of Jesus. We hold on to the gift of Jesus Christ when it comes to these doubts uh, that we're, we're going through. So yes, doubt is going to change our perspective. What do we do when that happens? We're, we're starting to not see things clearly like John the Baptist. All of a sudden, he's questioning and wondering, is Jesus really the Messiah or should we look to another? We hold on to what we do know. And what we do know is that God didn't spare his son for us. So how will he not? with him freely give us all good things. He's provided our greatest need. He's going to be faithful to us. I'm really praying that today's show encourages you as a listener, especially in this area of doubt. I hope it's the perfect time for for some of you as as you're traveling down the road and venturing through your day and wrestling with some doubt. Maybe it's trauma you experienced a long time ago in your life or a recent disappointment that you have have gone through, is first take a deep breath and understand, okay, doubt is real. The greats in scripture struggle with doubt. John the Baptist struggled with doubt. Elijah struggled with doubt. Jeremiah, Job, the list goes, goes on and on. But yet, doubt needs to be shared. We got to bring it to the Lord. We got to open up. The Psalms are all about that. If you read the Psalms, a lot of times there's this pattern in the Psalms where the psalmist is struggling, going through a hard time, having a difficulty, then opens up their heart before the Lord, and there's this glorious exchange that happens. That's what we've looked at so far uh, today, that doubt is real, doubt needs to be shared. Then that doubt changes our perspective. What, what John saw clearly at one point in his life, now that he's in prison, he's starting to, to doubt that and doubt will tend to change our perspective as well. But you'll want to stay with me for the last segment of today's show, because where do we go with our doubt? And that is our doubt needs to be confronted. We need to, to wrestle uh, with the Lord and allow him to take our doubts uh, from us and meet us in, in those doubts. You're listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Live right here in the city. Love hosting Crosswalk. Also, love pastoring. Would like to invite you to Rocky Mountain Calvary. You can check us out at rmcalvary.org. And Crosswalk Colorado Springs is Monday through Wednesday from 5 to 6. Also, you can check out the podcast. You don't want to miss this last segment. We're going to be looking at what do we do with our doubt? And God really does want to set us free. So stay with us on 100.7 The Word.
0: Try my just don't get it right. Where I talk, a talk that I don't walk and miss the moments right before my eyes. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7. The work Good God, Almighty. my
1: Welcome back to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. Thanks so much for listening. What a beautiful city that we live in here in Southern Colorado. I'm here in Colorado Springs. I know we've got many listeners in Southern Colorado as well, down in Pueblo, down in Lamar. Thanks so much uh, for listening. We hope this station's just a blessing to you and you're encouraged in God's Word. Today I'm talking through doubt, something that we don't talk a lot about in. Christian faith and Christian community, but it's definitely something that we all wrestle with. We hit these difficulties in our lives and we'll wrestle with doubt. That was the case for John the Baptist. Here he was, the forerunner of Jesus, proclaiming that Jesus was the Messiah. Found himself in prison, and in prison, he's doubting is Jesus the one or should I look for another? He hasn't met my expectations. And a lot of times we don't think we have expectations, but we do. And when those expectations or unmet, we can be in a place of doubt. We've talked about how doubt's real, doubt needs to be shared, doubt changes our perspective, but I think this is the most important part, is that doubt needs to be confronted, because Jesus gives John the Baptist an answer in Luke 7, verse 22. Jesus answered and said to them, go and tell John the things you've seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the leopards are cleansed, the deaf hear, The dead are raised. The poor have the gospel preached to them. And here it is. And blessed is he who's not offended because of me. That word offended is to stumble. Jesus is saying, John, I know that you don't see what I'm doing and it's caused you to question, but blessed are those who do not stumble because of me. And we will face those trials in life. I guarantee you, most of you already have where we wonder I don't know why this has happened. And as we face those trials and those difficulties, and we share our doubts with Christ, and He has compassion, He also wants to confront our doubt. He confronts John the Baptist on his doubt and says, John, I want you to trust me. Blessed are those who do not stumble because of me. And God will do this in a very loving, gentle way as a shepherd, as the ultimate kind father, he'll come to us and he'll say, trust me. There's been several difficulties and challenges in my life where God's just been waiting for me. He's been longing for me to surrender it over to him and to trust him in those difficulties. I want to remind you maybe of some promises that you know, and maybe you don't know, but Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understandings, In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. So God desires for us to trust him, not just with a portion of our heart, but to trust him with all of our heart and then choose to not lean on our own understanding. I'm sure this was really hard for John the Baptist to not rely on his understanding. Here I am the forerunner of the Messiah. I thought the Messiah was going to overthrow the Roman government, but now Herod has thrown me in prison for standing for righteousness. And we've got to choose to not rely upon our own understanding. Then acknowledge our ways to the Lord. Right now, wherever you're at, give your difficulty to the Lord. Just surrender it over to the Lord. Ask that God would would meet you in a special way. And then this promise, as we trust the Lord and lean not on our understanding, that God will direct our path. And God will, in the midst of the trial and difficulty, he'll start to Direct us. He'll start to open doors and close doors and and comfort us as our doubts are confronted. As God meets us in our doubts, I also think of Philippians chapter four. And Philippians chapter four uh, tells us to be anxious for nothing, because with trial and difficulty, it's easy to get to a place of worry. I'm sure that John the Baptist was starting to worry in prison, wondering where all of this was going. And as we're in prison like experiences, we can easily start to doubt. So God encourages us hey, stop worrying, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Give over to God what we're worried about. What, is, what are the two or three things that you're most worried about right now? Just begin to have this conversation with the Lord and talk it over with the Lord and give it over to Him. We're to wrap our prayers with thanksgiving. What are you thankful for about the character of God, what he's done for you, the provision that he has given to you? And just begin to express that thanks uh, to uh, the Lord. And then here's the promise that we find in Philippians chapter 4, and the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard our hearts and minds. We so much long for a peace that comes from understanding, but God promises a peace that surpasses understanding. I think about this when my kids were little, they're past this age now, but if they would skin their knee and got hurt fairly significantly, you know, just one of those raspberries that you get on your, your knee, what would you do as a parent with an 18 month old or, or two year old is that you pick them up and you you hold them and you let them know it's gonna be okay. What you don't do is try to explain this process. All right, we're gonna clean it out, you might have some dirt in there, we wanna make sure it doesn't get infected. We're going to wash it out with soap and water. It's going to sting a little bit, but the worst is still yet to come. We're going to get the hydrogen peroxide and dump it on that. It'll sting some more. Then we're going to put some Band-Aid on there, and eventually you'll have to rip the Band-Aid off. That would be no comfort to to the child. And What's so amazing about kids is they're willing to receive that comfort from mom and dad, being close to our hearts, and accept that it's going to be all right. And We need to get close to God's heart and accept that peace that surpasses understanding and allow him to hold us as our dad. It's a beautiful thing. I think it's one of the the joys of trial that we go through that we get to understand God's love for us as a father in a greater way. God doesn't want us to stay in that place of doubt. The awesome thing with John the Baptist is though he was doubting, I don't think he stayed there because as his life goes forward we see him walking in faithfulness. He continued to confront Herod on his sin, his sexual sin. Herod took his brother's wife. Ultimately it cost him his life. And John is not defined by this moment of doubt, but as he wrestled with the Lord, he came to a place of of trusting the Lord. Just remember in trusting the Lord and having faith, it's not based on our emotions. Our emotions are going to be all over the place. They're going to be up and down. But faith is one of, God, I know your character through what you have done by giving your son on the cross for what you've revealed of yourself in your word. So I'm choosing to trust you. I'm placing my trust in you right now. And Father, would you help me with your doubts? So I hope today's program has been helpful to you. First, that you're comforted that doubts are real. And also that doubts need to be shared. They need to be expressed to the Lord. That's when the glorious exchange happens. Also, that doubt does change our perspective. So don't doubt what God has revealed to you in the light in those times of darkness. And then doubts need to be confronted. God wants to take us from that place of doubt. I want to pray for you right now if you're wrestling with doubt. Father, I lift up listeners that are in that place, in that season of difficulty, wrestling with doubt. Father, would you comfort them? Would you give them the courage to be able to express their doubts to you? And would you provide those loving comfort, those answers that they're longing, that wisdom, would that glorious exchange happen, Lord, where the doubts would be taken away and that your comfort would come in and great is your faithfulness. We thank you that new mercy is given to us. So would you provide comfort and would you rescue us from our doubts? In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Have the joy of hosting Monday through Wednesday from 5 to 6, so make sure to be with us and tune in uh, with us. Also, the show does turn into a podcast, Crosswalk Colorado Springs, anywhere you find your podcast, so we hope that's a blessing to you. Also, please get the word out about the podcast, about the show we would really appreciate it and thanks so much uh, for listening as we head out tonight just remember that the lord loves you that he is your good shepherd that he'll never leave you or forsake you and have a great night thanks again to, for listening to 100.7 the word
0: and breaks and treasures that fade
1: are never enough. then you came along